Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast and a lovely 6.30 a.m. on Monday, May 9th to you. Sorry for the delay on this episode. Uh, I had a lot of work last Thursday when I usually finish editing and when I post episodes to promote on Fridays because we put out This Might Book a Podcast covering the entirety of book and the pamphlet EP. Done by, uh, this might be a podcast and friends, I'm on a bunch of tracks, my daughter's on two of the tracks, and Cara's on a track, but we got Kai Pfeiffer, Daryl Till, Carrie Hearn, Noah Daniel is all over the place, Adam Rivera, Echolemchi Okimbo, uh, Marianne McTrow, Patrick Crowling from the I Lost Thursday episode, guest host, Joel Yellowitz. I'll be talking to him tonight for the Prepare episode. So go and get that. It is one last charity push for my student, Garrett. I will mention it later in the episode because we're going to play one of those tracks, Darling the Dose by Noah Daniel. Uh, first, before we start this episode on Darling the Dose, I've got a nice email from Thomas Tut via Bandcamp messages, which I didn't really know was a thing. So let me uh, read you here what Thomas said about his thoughts on where your eyes don't go. Thomas says, Hey Greg, I just finished your great episode of Where Your Eyes Don't Go, and something occurred to me. In the second stanza, the one that mentions every jumbled pile of person, this brings to my mind the Buddhist conception of the self, or rather, the not-self. According to Buddhist beliefs, what we think of as the self is actually a composite of five aggregates a word that can also be translated as heaps or perhaps as jumbled piles. A person consists of form, sensations, perceptions, mental fabrications, and consciousness. And he drops a source in here uh, that I need to check out. Look at this. This academic dude uh, putting sources in (laughs) an email to my podcast. Anyway, he continues... Note that this is substantially different from the Western concept of the mind as a unified thing, so it is not unreasonable that a person, form, could have a thinking part, mental fabrication, that wonders, consciousness, what the part that isn't thinking, sensation, isn't thinking of, perception. (laughs) This is probably a stretch, and I will admit that I am far from an expert on Buddhist beliefs, but the song does seem to dive pretty deep into ideas about the mind and perception. Anyway, I love the conversation. Keep up the good work. Tut. Thanks, King Tut. It's Tom's Tut. He's going to be on an episode uh, at some point. He's been sitting on the spreadsheet for over a year, I noticed, so I should probably hit him up, round him up, 
Thomas, as soon as you hear this, uh, send me a message on Facebook or wherever. And let's uh, let's do Whirlpool. That's what you signed up for. Yes. Thanks for writing. This might be a pod at gmail.com or leave a voicemail. 224-801-2930. On with the show. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I am your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with a fresh face. It's Lydia Snow, and we are going to talk about the song Darling, comma, The Dose, off of Book. Hamlet's dad, he got it bad. They sent it off stage right. Just a gallon of rum Make no mistake, I still need you the most Time has the power to bind us too close The dose is the poison we've had more than most Darling Darling Lydia, hi! Hello. So I'm sure a lot of you listeners are asking, who on earth is Lydia Snow? Well, I am a simple, I am basically a simple journalism student from La Mirada, California, but I do have two um, claims to fame related to the uh, non-confirmed tall guys for Brooklyn. Um, the first would be that <laughs> non-confirmed tall guys. <laughs> sorry. Okay. The first, I bet you never heard that one before, have you? Sorry. No. Okay. Okay, okay. different spin on it. <laughs> okay, the fir- okay, so the first, my first um, TMVG-related claim to fame would be that, well, as a journalism student, I took um, advantage of my lowly position to reach out to the folks at um, Girly Media last year to request um, an interview with Mr. John Linnell and John Flansburg for my college newspaper. Because, I mean, hey, if I'm um, working on my college newspaper, I can like, make anything happen, right? Well, you know, oh, uh, they totally. said, they, they came back to me and they said, well, they said no means no a thousand times no, but we have a press kit for you and you can listen to the beautiful album book two weeks before it is actually released to the general Booyah. public. And I was like, heck yeah. But the problem was I had this all this extra homework. So I was I was just like, oh, I gotta get this essay out of my own. And just knowing that there is like, all new they might be giants has never been heard by the public just sitting in my email inbox just to click away but i have to do my essay but then i i I did end up reviewing it and it just went absolutely wonderfully so wonderfully in fact that um tmbg's agent sent me an email saying that it it was some of the best news coverage she read about the band all year so that was very rewarding is this up online somewhere that everyone can go see it um yes yeah Um, you should have linked me to it ahead of time yeah I'll tell you, it's um, my college is called Biola University, and I I um, freelance for the Biola Chimes. So just look that up. It's like Biola. It's like B I O L A. It's like Viola Davis, but with a B. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, nice little Biola. private college. And, yeah. Um, but anyway, I think the reason why I, I feel like it turned out so well, and 
I'm so proud of it and other people are so proud of it is just because I kind of just went for a stream of consciousness thing. I just sat down in my college cafe, you know, with my email inbox open and my laptop. And I just I just listened and I just had a notebook open and I just jotted down everything I thought about, like what stood out to me, what hit me about the songs. And so like the I feel like it, the review is very organic. Like it, it, it just was very naturally just everything that just occurred to me you know i just drew straight so, out my heart of my love for the band and so was this your very like first review of any album um actually no i had um been assigned to like review like some albums for, like artists i'd never heard of before like i i did like a rap music album review um from some small rap artists and even though i'm not generally a rap fan it was actually um kind of fun to do just because i kind of read the lyrics like a poem and so i just um mm-hmm. wrote down how they affected me and stuff um yeah yeah but, um, i just think it's pretty cool that your very first uh like big like i got a one of your first reviews yeah, yeah. That my first thing you're... that i got a for yeah. Well, I mean, I've been like I started working for Punk News in 2002 when I was still in college, and I was getting, I mean, I would get like from our reviews editor a huge media mail like beat up package full of CDs, <laughs> and there would be the papers just jammed in the jewel cases with all of the promo materials and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's more so the fun. fact that like you know their management was it Pete that. Messaged um, you. It was no, it was it, it was a guy's name, but I think it was almost like I can't remember. I want to say it sounded kind of like um, kind of like Mexican sounding. I, I can't remember. I think it was like hmm. Juan they, Xavier or something like that. Um, yeah, they have a. I mean, there are a couple of people. Pete's the one that I've de- dealt yeah. with for podcast yeah. related. But stuff. it was so funny because they sent me a picture of of John and John, and they were like, "You have to use this picture in your in your article." And I, I was like, "Okay." It was kind of just this kind of generic promo photo, of just them kind of like just standing next to each other, you know. And I I, I was kind of like, you know, there's better pictures of of John and John out there than this. So they're like, "No, you have to use this." But my my photo editor, she was <laughs> she kind of she. I, 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 I emailed her like, hey, use this picture. And she just completely didn't cooperate. She literally just took like this like picture of They Might Be Giants off of like Wiki, Wikimedia Commons. And so it was like this blurry concert picture with like what? John Linnell with like a microphone like covering half his face. And then Flansburg kind of in the back just like jumping up and down with a guitar. And he was like blurry like, this is the picture. This is the picture you used to represent They Might Be Giants. <laughs> no. <laughs> really? Real sharp publication you got going on over there. At, oh, uh, I- I'm gonna Biola. say, I'm just gonna say, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna um, compliment a bit. I, we just have an absolutely fabulous news program. There's so many different student publications. We've got a magazine, we've got a talk show, we've got a podcast. You know, and I think I can excuse my my news editor slipping up just that once. You know, everything else he was pretty great. Okay, so I got, I gotta <laughs> tell you about my second. I gotta tell you about my second. Um, they might be giants way to claim to fame, and that okay, would be okay. for the fact that um, um, on April Fool's Day, I um together some of my online friends with the same ridiculous taste of music as me and i led up um a very um ill-advised conquest to put some um tmbg album covers on reddit's r slash place which it was this kind of um collaborative art project that um that i kept hearing about and i have days. no idea yeah. what's going on i don't <laughs> well, understand yeah, it at um, all we're like, I well, put one pixel in it. Hooray. I have no idea what you guys are talking well, about. Because you have to wait, you have to wait five minutes for each <laughs> pixel and it becomes very competitive because there's all these people coming in on all sides. But I um luckily I there were some other people who were way um more more skilled than me who were able to contribute some um art designs and I tried desperately to kind of just coordinate like a, a the um them in a place to um put down pixels that hadn't been taken over by like the country of Germany or something like that. And um, it was just such great times <laughs> and camaraderie. Understand. 
I we we put the covers for the first we put the covers for the first four TMBG albums in a place where they will forever be archived and exist forever in a public art place. And we I just had the most amazing camaraderie with some amazing people, and we're just totally like like staking out just for like staying up at night. Like okay, gotta wait to put down a like I'm gonna do red and do blue. Like it was just it's just amazing. So yeah, it was just yeah, I saw what they looked like and they look very cool. I just don't understand what all the waiting is. I'm like why don't you just go well, and make that, some art? No, it's, it's, it's because it's so nobody takes over the whole thing at once. You know, it's to. <laughs> so what is it like? There's only so much space on this yeah. digital yeah. canvas, and you were trying yeah. to claim yeah. it for they might be giants. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because so yeah, then you're talking about Discord, two, um, and I'm like, I was forced to join Discord once, and I was like, <laughs> okay, this is another way to talk to people. I already have too many ways to talk to people. I'm never exactly, using this exactly. again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I used it. Yeah, yeah, actually, to be on Giants Confirmed, I think, or was, or maybe it was Matt's other <laughs> podcast. But yeah, they're like, oh, we usually record over Discord. I'm like, I don't know what that is. This was like two years ago, and uh, they're like, oh, just sign up here, it's free. And I did, and I'm like, okay, all right. We record the episode, and I promptly <laughs> deleted it. <laughs> you know, just like you know, welcome, welcome to the internet. You know, can I interest you in anything? All everything, all the time, well, whatever. Bo Burnham well, it's just like, okay, this is Skype. <laughs> this is Google Meets. This is. A video yeah. call. Why yeah. do I need this other thing? Okay. Okay. So now I've proved that I'm an actual. <laughs> now I've proved that I'm an actual. They might be giants fan. Let's get. To well, talking. You, you need to tell. I mean, you just jumped right to the present. I need to know how you got into They Might Be Giants. Okay. Well, it all started when I was five, and I watched Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. <laughs> there you go. Come yep, inside. Yep, it's yep. fun um, inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was how I was brainwashed, you know. And I was always just thinking, like my five-year-old self was just like. Hmm, I like this guy's voice. Well, that guy is John Flansburg. <laughs> <laughs> well, so wait, know, you're how you know, you're how old now? Um. Oh well. I, let's just say I was born around the time the spine came out. So judge my age based off of that. Yeah, okay. All right. So you're you're 18 or going on? Yeah. Yes. So good. We'll good. Just, good. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. My um, God. I'm. How, how so did I? How did old. I really get into their music for adults? Well, um, my my childhood was was sadly very um giants free i was I, I was exposed to some good children's music um but it, it was by it was by the imagination movers who i think make kids music as well as as tmbg does everybody with kids should check out imagination movers I, and actually pat dillett was a producer for the imagination movers like imagination uh-huh. movers and, and they might be giants uh-huh. they had the same producer like i found that out recently and i was like wow wow hmm. all connected you know <laughs> hmm. um but um i guess uh really i didn't start really actually getting into their adult music until I got to college mostly just because I was looking for just some kind of outlet, some kind of music to lose myself in. I, I, I mean, it already had a very like historically nerdy music taste. Like earlier on in high school, <laughs> I was into I was into Tally Hall. I was into Lemon Demon. Um, actually, I still kind of am into Lemon Demon. I actually I moderate the Lemon Demon subreddit. It's it's pretty fun actually. Um, hmm. So so yeah, I, I've always kind of had a thing for like geek rock kind of stuff like music that's about weird stuff but that isn't necessarily comedy music you know so um but sure. i that definitely has come come to a crescendo with my um i guess love affair with with john linnell and john flansburg and i must say that they have indeed influenced a lot of my um my sense of artistic expression like i i really mm-hmm. do hope um deeply to like produce and and write my own music um someday and so i feel like um i can definitely say that tmbg has helped me get on the right track with um considering what like a do-it-yourself music setup kind of look looks like um and it so um, when you play 
Are you a singer? You or know, what do you play? I I do I do sing. I have um sung, I have sung basically um since I was six years old. Um, in my church growing up, we had a lot of great youth choir programs. Um, so I was basically singing from like regularly from like first grade all the way through high school. Um, I, I bought an accordion. Um, I bought an accordion, nice. and I am I am hoping to learn to play it like very intensely. Um. Mm-hmm. I have been looking at some like accordion instruction books. I kind of just want to teach myself to play the accordion, you know, um, because a lot of a lot of the songs that I kind of hear in my head involve accordion. And sure, I guess I could blame that on on just me liking They Might Be Giants. But honestly, at the same time, I'm just fascinated with the, the versatility of, of the accordion. Like, of course, it can be used for polkas, but the accordions in, in a way can be used like a synthesizer to kind of create that kind of. Um, kind of like melodic texture like you could just um just flat out have like accordion matching of vocal lines or you could have it um more like in the background as kind of like this atmospheric musical haze and obviously john lamell does both for the accordion is what i've noticed mm-hmm. and but but i just am fascinated with this like i just don't want to be just flat out playing a synthesizer if i make my own music you know it's the main thing like i i kind of also like I, i'm interested in incorporating like some some texture and just the way that the accordion the kind of like rhythm and, and vibrance it can bring is something that i'm very interested in i, I have yeah. a hilarious story the, about uh, <laughs> okay. sorry well as far as accordion goes as someone who's played it for seriously for about 20 years Ooh. i i did teach myself the accordion uh at first but i ended up taking lessons in my late 20s when i got my piano accordion i'd been messing around in my grandpa's uh my late grandfather's Button accordions and diatonic accordions, so it does not have a piano side. It is uh, looks like shirt buttons, and it can only play in C and G. And so when I got a piano accordion, I'm like, these bass keys, what the fuck? You know, I look at a book, and I'm like, okay, well, those are the notes. Those are the majors and minors, and okay, that makes sense, but, like, you can't even see it. And what's the proper fingerings? How do you do it? And it was a big <laughs> help taking lessons for two years to learn... <laughs> the bass keys. So if you actually want to play two-handed, I mean, you could go. Th- I mean, I can recommend the method books that I used. The lady uh, from Bulgaria who taught me um, <laughs> uses very classic. I mean, most accordion methods are pretty classic-looking because the accordion hasn't been very popular for you know sixty years. So like, you know, and that is too longer. bad. You know, and I- so yeah, all the all the books look like like all the illustrations. Like I should grab one and show you. They they're just hilarious looking uh you know dennis the menace type doodles <laughs> <laughs> that is why i want to play the accordion because i want to help make the accordion cool again i want to show that you can write like artsy indie songs that involve the accordion the world needs more of those do you know cornmo um um i i know him i haven't listened to much of his music i i, I do i do i like if you want to hear an artsy guy who also plays the accordion i mean i like cornmo, okay i like okay I like also OK named Glass. John. I've been, I've been <laughs> listening to a ton of OK Glasses stuff oh, yeah. lately. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, but as far as, I mean, Cornmo's toured with the MIP Giants. He's uh-huh. accordion dueled with John Linnell himself have, on I the part of mm-hmm. yeah. um, But he is like trained opera singer. He is like legit musician, but can also do like the big rock stuff and plays accordion and just is just all around just like very interesting cool guy like there's just many yeah. sides to to cornmo i'm gonna i'm gonna grab one of my accordion books because you need to see one of these. and ladies and gentlemen this was when greg died greg's greg's dead he's not coming back he just he just went and died 
there won't be any more episodes of this might be a podcast he's just he's just he just became a bag of groceries he's just sitting there on the ground okay you're alive okay let's see i couldn't find book one i got book three and four handy of the palmer hughes accordion course <laughs> i don't even see, see? an accordion it's just see, this one's boy and a girl walking down he, the stairs. That, he, he's got his accordion case they're heading for like, a little no, that's, rock that's session. A and, it's a briefcase no. full of papers. It's not an accordion. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, it's they're it's all of his accordion music. And I was gonna, like, I was gonna tell you the story about how I uh, bought my accordion. I, I drove into uh, Van Nuys um, to get uh, it from a couple on Craigslist. They were offering like a big old piano accordion for just like 150 bucks. I mean, pricey, but like by accordion standards, it's not too bad. Um, and after I, I, I was just driving, and I noticed Sepulveda Boulevard. Sepulveda. Where do I know Sepulveda? And then uh-huh. all of a sudden, I look at I look at Google Maps, and I'm like, wait, I am I am like ten minutes down the street from where TMBG films the statue got me high video. Sepulveda I said, hot damn. damn, there's so, the damn. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I was like, well, I have an accordion with me. I just have to go take like a, a photo out there because that's like that's totally my favorite TMBG music video. You know, it's got a bit of everything. It's got skateboarding astronauts. You know, it's got coffee cups, all of that, and so. I went to the dam and got a picture of my accordion and awkwardly composed selfie, but still like on, on the statue got me high dam. And it was very, I must say euphoric, but weirdly, like I have to say that Adam Bernstein did such a great job with directing that video in that just the way he, he um, framed the, uh, the shot. Um, he makes the, the dam, you know, look like it's just like isolated in space. But in reality, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's like, there's like cars like roaring in my ears. Like it, it's like, but right between like a highway interchange and, and it's the whole area is like dilapidated with like weeds growing all around it. But like Adam Bernstein totally made it look like some kind of gorgeous, like space age, like Jetsons kind of paradise. And so it was just kind of fascinating to, to see that play out in real life, but not necessarily not low angles. Yeah, not not disillusioning though to see it in real life. Very very rewarding. You know, a little moment see, look, of, of there, see that was an accordion. See, and okay, good. The, the the girl's just acting as his music stand essentially, <laughs> holding the music. <laughs> you know, he's wooing her with his accordion skills and his checkered hat. See that yeah, sweet sweet hat. Total you know, total ska look right there. Pretty uh, sweet makeout sesh after that. You know, he's gonna he's really winning her over with the. Pumping those bellows, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, so you, so you've been into they might be giants for most of your life, which is well, I would say relatively just started subconsciously <laughs> into they might be giants. Like I would say, I would not have actually become like actually like I would say maybe obsessed with them or like knowledgeable of, of the full range of their work like until like just over the past year. Sure, over the past year. It is mind blowing to me just all the different people I get to talk to about this, but like, uh, just how you know I've been into them way longer than you've been alive. I mean, a decade longer than you've been alive. You know, like I've been into them for a whole year. For you, a year is a long time. For me, a year is like okay, that's another <laughs> I know, year. I know. Now and I'm especially even for older. a band like them, who's basically putting out an album every year. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, this is their 40th birthday. This is the band's 40th birthday. The 30th anniversary of Apollo 18. Oh, God. I was going to say, I know. This tour that's finally happening has to be one of the best fan bases ever. Like, there's just people of all ages who are just equally have this, like, 
kind of like deranged nerdy mindset like it can be like five-year-old kids and then like like 60 year olds who are just totally on the same page like yeah yeah man we're going down the cow town you know <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's so cool i mean yeah you're not the youngest person i've talked to i've uh really yeah who's the youngest yeah kyla was uh she was 16. I even talked to her mom and stuff, not on the show, but I talked to her and she's like, yeah, I checked you out to make sure you weren't a weirdo. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, this mustache old guy him, wants to talk to my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Hey, I was rocking mustaches before they were cool. And now like, no one even thinks twice about it. Um, well, now we got to hey, make a I'm a Chicago, I'm a Polish yeah. Chicago guy. I'm allowed to wear a mustache. Um, like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. So 16 to, I mean, my parents are technically the oldest, and I will continue saying that as long as they keep listening. I will continue to tell everyone how old they are. Um, well, other than that, Rick Mummy, I think he's 66. He was on the um, Sapphire Bullets episode. Yeah, and, and Kyla was on um, the Infinity episode. So, yeah, that's the, that's the span there. I mean, Rick was playing Birdhouse on a Lafayette, Indiana radio station when it was new. Like when Flood came out, he was a local radio DJ playing Birdhouse. I mean, right? You know, that's some OG cred right there. Hey, Mr. DJ, I thought you said we had a deal. He literally came and scratched his back. You thought it was a metaphor. I'm just going to make every song reference that comes to my mind. Like this is is a safe place to do that, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's a lot different than the Yeah Yeah episode, which had like 50 Simpsons references into it. We actually had someone... Chris on Chris Connaughton on Twitter actually counted up me and Ben Bird Simpsons references and sent us a screenshot of it's like it's like oh my god I knew there were a lot but we are losers in multiple ways <laughs> they might be Giants losers and Simpsons losers <laughs> nerds so, nerds rule so, nerds so you have not had the opportunity to see they might be giants live and i know that because you have really only been a fan in since the covid times of no shows does it doesn't make me any less of a fan though oh it totally does no you're fine so you're gonna are you did you yeah i I mean to see the flood the flood show um okay next april um in in downtown los angeles in the wiltern which is like kind of a pretty cool ritzy um, venue and then um my parents were nice enough to kind of get me like front pit area um tickets so i am hoping 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 that i can just kind of squish myself right against the front because i i, I just, yeah, wa- just get there I, early i, I, I want to make eye contact with john linnell that's all and I, I mean that's totally not a creepy <laughs> way i just want to know the feeling of having just pure electricity flow out of his eyes and into my yeah <laughs> if you hold up a camera chances are he will look at it because it seems like like that was his thing on all the old late night shows. He would oh, just yeah. like, the, what the camera stare, has like, the red light on? Like, he just looked look like, right at it. Yeah, but I've like seen that. it in fan videos too. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just Ulysses because because he knows John Ulysses oh, and John, he'd always be John in the front. Ulyss but it's amazing. His his videos, like his cell phone videos, like he always seems to get Linnell to peer over him, <laughs> over to him at some point. Well, also, like, I think kind of John John Ulysses is kind of he kind of has like the he, he kind of has a special like. A, a special status in this in this fandom, I would I would say he kind well, of is like the I mean, guiding, he's like guiding the main wiki all. dude. So yeah, yeah. and Annie 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 runs the TMBG subreddit and the Miss T Facebook page and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yep, he is. And he's he's a the dude. Nice guy. He's I mean, really, nice guy I've bestowed I've I've bestowed other uh, titles upon him, such as uh, archivist for the pod. Him, him and Mike Buffington. Whenever I'm like, I heard there's one live version of this. I can't find it. Do you have it? 
and one of them probably does. Like if the if the song was played live, chances are they have a recording of it. Yeah, and he, so and he reconstructed he reconstructed the no computer game, which was which is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And if using that. Using oh, that and also fact checker of the pod. Usually I'm like, well, usually I ask him ahead of time. I'm like, yeah, I can't seem to find out for sure is it this or this, and you know, if anyone knows, it's gonna be him. Uh, yeah. Is it, it? You know, as someone who's read the wiki more than I have, which is, I swear to God, the traffic I'm driving. If they had ads on that site, like I would be driving so much, so many clicks. So many page views, so much time. Like, I'll leave a tab open on there for, like, hours. Just think of all the revenue they could have been bringing in. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's bookmarked for me, and it even didn't even have to bookmark it. Like, on my phone, like, I open up a new Chrome tab, and it's like, do you want to go to TMBW? Yeah. Uh, how did you know? Okay, just click over. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, book. So, you reviewed book and when and I, I was book. i appreciate i appreciate you book when i when we first talked i actually had you you had reserved uh a different song first mm-hmm. yeah and this one skippied ahead because i was like hey i want to talk yep. about flan songs because Heck it yeah. had just happened that like I'd done Alice Thursday, but then I had like three yep. Linnell songs off book. So I'm like, let's get some more. Yeah. So Chris came in and Chris did, we did If Day for Winnipeg and that was super fun. And then uh, you came in for Darling the Dose. And uh, so mm-hmm. here we are. I mean, you're, you know, pretty lucky to be recording this quickly with me because there are people know, that wait over it. a year. Longer than you've been a fan, people have waited <laughs> to be on the, on the spreadsheet sitting there. Waiting for me to remember how long they've been sitting there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just looking at your Twitter feed and I saw like, hey, anybody want to talk about book? And I was like, sure, I'll talk about book. I think I can do that. <laughs> Egghead like the bookie book. Just got to get some Simpsons in there. For, you know, shout out to Ben Bird. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's you know, it's like a it's like a secret code, you know. That I will very stuff. much and, prelude uh, this yeah. by saying I will very much prelude by saying I am I am very much a John Flansburg enjoyer. You know, I am you know a, a Flans girl, as some might call it. Um, um, uh, <laughs> you you stand for Flans? Well, I don't really like I, I don't really like the word the word no stand, the word stand because it implies being a, a total creep um, stalker. Which I am yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but but I, I must say when I look at the the uh, song rankings page on this might be a wiki like it's just like John oh. Linnell, John Linnell, John Linnell, and then like it's down sad. to like eighty eighty. John Flansburg, like, what is this? It's like John Flansburg hater cult taking over. Like, what's going? And, and yeah. like, stuff like it's crazy. Like Road Movie to Berlin being down at like number six hundred. What? Keep a road movie to Berlin that low? Yeah, it's and odd. Like, yeah, it, it's weird. It's, in the flowers it, at three hundred. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. It reminds me of like a mailbag segment a few weeks ago. I read a a letter <laughs> by Seymour Schmidt, and he was saying. Just like we all claim to be weirdos and love the weird songs for this weird band, and we're so cool for being weird and liking this weird <laughs> band, but then we all just rank the most poppy John Linnell songs as you know those are the ones we love. And he wasn't talking specifically about the song rankings, but just about like book in particular, saying that like first listen, it's like all these Linnell songs kind of sound the same, and. You know, I would disagree, and he said that in listening to the episodes that that I have, you know, convinced him of, you know, the intricacies of certain songs. But it, it is true that if you look at that ranking, it's like there's not 
I mean, I think they might be giants to most normal people. Like all the songs would sound weird. Like don't let's start would sound weird to yeah. most normal people. Yeah. But as far as they might be giants goes, as far as their canon goes, there's not a weird song on there until you get to like the 30s or 40s even in the yeah. song rankings. You know? Yeah. 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 You know, uh, I'm trying to think. Like I, the the TMBG songs that like I think most capture my heart are just the absolutely deranged ones you know like stuff like you know i don't know like like pencil rain you know or or mm-hmm. chess piece face you know stuff like that you know just where it's like let's just throw out the randomest music theory and just you know let's just create some kind of character some kind of situation it's just subversive and messes your brain up like that's what really really makes me fall in love with, with this band hey i found it look i found it you found what your oh, article, yeah. your review, my article, the, <laughs> the picture, really, <laughs> I'd say Flans is his, he his face like, is hidden even more like by the mic. Smash mouth. <laughs> <laughs> hey now, <laughs> darling, the dose, uh, I don't he know what, totally, hey now, he could, what, he could totally yeah. cover all star. Oh, one of my one of my graduating classes decided to do All Star for their graduation song, and I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah, not a bad idea, you know. Yeah, they changed some of the lyrics in the first verse because it basically starts on a very negative note. It's like <laughs> I'm a loser, she's a loser, we're both losers, <laughs> but let's convince ourselves we're All Star. So we we changed it. We actually customized it to be like the the school. Like we customized it to the school. Oh my gosh! All right, yeah, all right. So that was fun, but yeah, Flans does. He doesn't. It's not a flattering photo. Let's just say that. Yeah, but <laughs> Flansburg normally is very fabulous. Very, I, I must say, he's aged very wonderfully. Got the like shock of gray hair going on, and the the beard, the thick glasses. You know, just the general like way he takes advantage of his roundness with some nice laced cardigans. He has definitely transitioned into <laughs> old man old man mode quite nicely. Very much. But yeah, so. well, Linnell pretty much just wears the same things he always has. Except turtlenecks. No, no, what ditched the turtlenecks. <laughs> I know. Ditched the turtlenecks. Turtlenecks were never cool since like the beatniks of the 50s. Like that was like the last time that they were cool. So he was rocking them. It's not like they were cool in the 90s. Like they were, I mean, they're cool to us because like it was like he didn't care about wearing whatever was fashionable. You know, it's like it works for him because he's skinny and he's got the slopey shoulders and the long neck. So yeah, yeah. So like, why did he give him up? I don't know. I mean, now he maybe it's the same kind of sort of thing as like we don't want to be known for wearing like the tall carpet hats or whatever. But like that's not the same. It's just turtleneck. How hard is it to wear a turtleneck? You know? Yeah. Now, I mean, I've they noticed, say like, they dress like their dads. I mean, did their dads stop wearing turtlenecks? <laughs> recent, I've noticed like recently he's gone to wearing like, a lot of like those zip up fleece kind of things, which I guess are kind of like turtlenecks, but like deconstructed if you think about it (laughs) (laughs) well really a deconstructed turtleneck you should wear one of those dickies you know what i'm talking about it's like just just, the top of the shirt to wear under the button up (laughs) hopefully 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 the tory brings Mm. back he brings back the turtlenecks because nowadays of like his his black hair and his black glasses you know you look really good with like a black turtleneck done, done with that like that's just just a perfect little look. Hopefully, we'll bring that back, yeah. and hopefully, fans will bring back the chess master. I, <laughs> I hope I can see him playing the yeah, chess master. Yeah, I don't know. That know? seems like a pretty unwieldy guitar. I mean, I'd have to ask. He said you know, on Instagram Buffington well, about his. Like, it seems like it's heavy as fuck, and it's very just pointy and big. 
but iconic. Like, oh, for he said, sure. He yeah. said on Instagram back like when the flood tour is actually going to happen back in 2019, like, oh, well, uh, we're going to be bringing back the chess master. But then, like, obviously COVID happened, but maybe he'll stick by that. Who knows? Hopefully the chess master didn't get COVID. It's just, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, the terms have been around no, for no, so it, long. What's funny is that they still use in their like iconography and like when they're cartoonized or puppetized <laughs> or whatever you want to call it, there's always Flance has the glasses, Linnell does not. But they've both worn glasses for a very yeah. long time now. You yeah, know, like, I don't know, you know you how old Linnell like was the, when he's like, shit, I got to wear glasses too I now, the doctor says. I think it was around says. Join Us era. He brought, he brought out the thick black, the thick black glasses, I think. I, I'm mm -hmm. I think as early as like some Join Us recorded performances. Um, I, he's worn the same glasses for like a decade now, and I, I don't I don't blame yeah. him for it. They, they're perfect for him. I think he's he? even wearing glasses in the gigantic documentary. I think he, is, he just yeah, resisted he, yeah. wearing them yeah. on stage in, in public, or something. You know, yeah. I was about to say, yeah. like, you see it be like the, the glasses drawn and the not glasses drawn. How, how are you going to tell them apart <laughs> now? You know, well, just like short, I'll never know. Short, short John, short John and tall John. <laughs> yeah. And they're really not that different in height. Uh, yeah. I guess maybe in, in size, like, I guess you're going to have to go with skinny John and a uh, round John. That's, I'm afraid that's yeah, Flans, to yeah, Flans is, you know, he's got, he's, he's a, he's a husky boy. <laughs> he's not, I wouldn't call Flans uh, chubby by any means. No, he's, just, he, he, he's broader shouldered. That, yeah, yeah. You know, and Linnell's a little he's twig. Cuddly. Oh, for sure. Right. <laughs> Make a nice little John Linnell's a little, little string bean. He's <laughs> <cheese> thick. <laughs> So yeah, and then right. flan, flan, so, he's, he's a flan cake. He's a flan custard. Total flan, flan. It doesn't matter that it's actually pronounced flan. It totally works in jokes. Uh, you want to talk about darling the dose? Heck yeah! Let's get to it. Let's yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so we're getting deep into the track list here. I mean, yep. it's not like I do these in track order, but darling the dose is at track nine. I mean, I guess it's nine out of fifteen. We're still kind of in the middle. Um, but, uh, out of the flame songs that were still available, I mean, what just like off the top of your dome, and I know it's hitting me up in the Twitter DMs, you pined over it quite a bit. It's between, between Darling the Dose yeah. and, uh, what was the other one? Um, was it Lord Snowden? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Between those I two. Think, yeah. Both of them I absolutely adore, you know? Um, so I what finally like put you over the top to pick Darling? Um, well, I feel like there's just more like interesting like references um, at play there than there are in Lord Snowden. Like there's even more interesting like lyrical structure um, going on. Um, and interest. Um, I, I just like all the references to to different forms of of poison, like um, venom, nightshade, um, such like that. Almost as if, in a way, like Flan's kind of like dinner belling it, you know, just like reading off different ingredients. But then you have again, <laughs> yeah. kind of this whole like different whole murder like, ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. John Flansburg, my favorite serial killer. Um, <laughs> um, but now we time, know. He <laughs> uh, thought we wouldn't time, figure it out. <laughs> the children's music is a, is a cover up. They're actually like just um, knocking off tons of children. No, just kidding. Just oh, kidding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just slipping it into school lunches everywhere. <laughs> they're not they're problematic. Non problematic. Just non problematic Johns. But. Um, the, I just like the way he's kind of framing like um, sort of a this kind of love story around it or like um, your typical TMBG like um, troubled relationships kind of deal. But then um, the, it's recited off the lyrics almost in this type of like a Broadway ballad. Like obviously fans like to draw from all sorts of influences and inspirations. He's really, I think, leaning into more of the like swingy show tune side here. Um, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, 
what really um the first thing i thought when i listened to this song is like why well, still a little bottle like to me this just feels like i yeah. can't describe it but like why still a little bottle part two and that this idea of like relying on drugs um or or in this case like just substances in general you know poison well included. he does mention um, a gallon yeah, of yeah. rum yeah that too but, but like but like um this you know this combination of like um i guess like references to substance use and then references to kind of like relationships but then all kind of mixed together into this kind of weirdly like poetic like smooth beautiful kind of thing you know i feel like that's the kind of thing that flansburg is really good at yeah the the vibe i mean not just i mean i still little bottle that is definitely a good uh comparison to draw because not just lyrically but it's it's a, like it's a light swing it's swingy, yeah. number it's like that kind of chill you know sinatra kind of swing well yeah. speaking of sinatra if you've seen that kind of iconic performance where they kind of bring out why well, still in the middle of that like new york conservatory forget the name of it they're actually they start out doing a sinatra cover but then they like blow everybody's mind by just throwing out their their original tmpg content and of course you have the iconic flans with the with a stick doing the little shaky leg yep. thing one of my favorite one of my favorite stick TV stick recordings ever. stick yeah the stick, yeah. The stick. <laughs> yeah yeah and then you kind of had that same i guess kind of thing going on here um, i'm gonna be honest my favorite thing about book is that I felt like there were it just has so many callbacks to 80s TMBG not necessarily in like a lazy self-referential way but like okay on the on the Tumblr uh, back when they released Nanobots there was like a fan who was like hey fans um a lot of songs on on Nanobots um like Dowerings of Lumberland and stuff is way and such just sound like exactly like Apollo 18 you know Hall's heads kind of stuff and fans was like well same old creative wells this time around and so that's exactly what i feel like is going on with 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 book you know like like same old creative wells but this time i feel like some of the like 80s um kraus era stuff is what is what most comes to mind well especially for john flansburg's um um stuff um for for Linnell, i guess you have um drown the clown which reminded me of of someone keeps moving my chair in, in several ways but that's not the episode mm. we're discussing mm. today, but um, but if, I think if if we get into every single song, yeah, no, 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 I, I'm it'll just, saying, just like, be we'll be for, here all for, night. For <laughs> yeah, yeah, for Flans, yeah, 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 just song and episode for for Flans though. I feel like there is kind of a throwback to the kind of like Bill Krause era of '80s TFVG, where there's kind of this like specific unhingedness to it, um, both in in lyrical content, which you know you have Lincoln, you know, which is like songs about everything from like politics to to drugs to broken relationships to to christmas you know like um this kind of same kind of like just unhingedness i i saw present on on book as well as um i think for fans more than Leno, um the kind of instrumental juxtaposition um if they for winnipeg of course having the kind of like grating chiptune sounds to go with the um very eerie um, um lyrics you know so um and then I feel like in Darwin the Dose, he has that same kind of um, like um, not not a juxtaposition in this case, but like he he is he is definitely um, going out there with the the instruments, you know, and kind of uh, of course establishing this kind of swingy jazz sound, which like um, would would fall into definitely one of TMBGs. I would say more their genre experimentation type things because obviously. Generally, I don't want to draw general generalizations about such a perfect band, but they are generally more rock based. But then they'll have, you know, almost on every album, kind of like these genre pieces. And so I feel like, huh, oh, I can yeah, say jo- sure. genre, jo- John, genre. I'm just gonna make all of that. Genre. 
Jean Jean Lenel Jean Luc Jean Pierre Lenel is his full name. I okay, Jean I totally okay. If I, meet, if I ever meet John, <laughs> if I ever meet John Lenel, I'm totally gonna be like, I'm, I'm totally gonna be like Monster Jean Lenel, and I hope that he responds being like, wee oui, wee. Oui. Like I just, I, I want to oui, hear John Lenel oui. say, wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so as far yeah genre experiments for sure that's like it's part of the reason why Minkar is one of my favorite albums because there's just yeah. like it's mostly genre experiments, but like as far as swing stuff goes and like this kind of chill I'm not saying like they swing eighth notes a lot but in a rock yeah. way like yeah. I mean like in um, like just, less than one on yeah. book but this like as far as like a chill like an actual kind of loungy jazz number. Yeah, they really don't draw from that well all that much. It's always Flans. He's always mm-hmm. the yeah. one that does it. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I saw um, John Flansburg's like "What's in My Bag" video for like Amoeba Records, and he's sort of like, "I like this swing album, and this swing album." This, okay, okay, Flans. Uh, yeah, that guy. That guy's got quite <laughs> taste in music, and I appreciate it. Um, I, I, I'm I, guessing that maybe his dad was into that stuff. His dad, oh, you know, his yeah. architecture professor. I could yeah. you know, throw it yeah, on yeah. like a big band record. You know, yeah. while they're eating dinner, that yeah. you know, Flans yeah. is a boy. I was boy. so surprised to learn that Flansburg's dad had designed like a lot of like major like college buildings and stuff around Boston. Pretty mm. cool. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I was gonna say that uh, Linnell has some like swingy songs on on book two. Like, uh, um, wait, actually, yeah, no, like, um, it was interesting that both Johns had like kind of like a jazzy swingy song you know it's not normally i don't think there's been another album where it's been like that like for both of them um but definitely that, had that a, one's that one's different though i love that yeah. one it's, it's more like kind of like a yeah, six like, eight nah, nah, sway nah, nah. kind of thing yeah. and it's got some cool syncopation but yeah it's, that's i wouldn't call it like jazzy yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, no. But, but like lesson yeah. one is like it is it's swung, but like in a very aggressive way. Yeah. But yeah, Darling is cool. And I realized I was looking back at the email that I sent you initially with kind of like the layout of the episode and Flans talked about this song specifically on this podcast, Spreaker. Uh, podcast, which is very hard Spreaker. to say. Spreaker, like it says, speaker. It's got an <laughs> R in there. <laughs> Darling, the dose was one of the latecomers. It arrived in December as we were getting together to finish the record. I'm guessing the December of 2020 before it came out in 2021, because the book of book took a while. Uh, it actually sort of bumped out other songs that we were working on. Dot dot dot. The song is based around the expression "It's not the poison, it's the dose." So it's really kind of about just being trapped with someone. It's just a claustrophobic song. So I guess when I draw dot dots, we're alluding to because there's a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just ums, but you never know. But yeah, see, so. he kind of has this idea. See, I was right that it's kind of like this i the this idea of being trapped in a relationship, but framed within this idea of poison. See, it's that kind of idea of just like framing stuff that I just love so much about they might be giants, you know, like they'll need a crane, you know, okay, we're breaking up, let's involve construction cranes in this, you know, like, like just that, that's what I just love so much is that they ha- just have this like true gift for like metaphor and allegory and comparison and all that. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And you look at their lyrics and it's not, I mean, sometimes, but it's, it's often, it's not like, Oh, look at how clever they are. It's more like yeah, in a sneaky yeah. way where it's like, exactly. man, why didn't I think of that? Right. Yeah. You know? su- subversive. Like I love to use the word subversive to describe TMVG. Like they're not, they're, they're, they've always seemed kind of, they never seem like too pretentious to me. You know, they're, they're almost just more like we got this cool song idea to work, you know, versus like, we're going to try to like force 
a song to be about this. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, like mm-hmm. they kind of had this again, like in Darn the Ghost, they kind of had this like, okay, idea of a troubled relationship. And we're going to bring in like a few references to Poison, a few clever struggle references. But it's not like we're going to make a whole like concept album where like each track is a different kind of, of Poison. You know, like they kind of, they, they pull off that kind of cleverness like in a, in a modest kind of way. And so, yeah, so this is like, it's good to know this song is the kind of song that's like, I guess, draws from a certain like idea or expression. The dose is not the poison or whatever. Um, um, it's interesting. Um, I feel like when, yeah, when songwriters poison, can go, the dose. yeah, when songwriters can kind of go from that kind of like specific starting place of like, okay, this, this, this phrase, let's expand on it. Um, Should we talk about the murdered people or the attempted murdered people within the song? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, just, it's such a great first line. Hamlet's dead. He got it bad. <laughs> like it's just like the like the little. <laughs> that made me giggle a bit when I first when I first heard it. Like it, it feels like okay. So to add to what you were gonna say about how this this song has a specific um kick to it, like it it has that kind of like like almost I don't want to say like Broadway sound, but it has that kind of like show tune sound. Like da 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 da. da. And you were saying like wait, actually, yeah, no, doesn't have that kind of kick to it. it and you're right. Like it, like it kind of has. It, this definitely does have that like kind of like I'm gonna kind of describe. Um, something in kind of like a sassy kind of what like panache kind of way you know, know I'm, it, I'm feeling like flans is like laying on top of a grand piano yeah a yeah. dress with a big just, slit up the side like, not just, like it's that kind of like like kind of like show tuney i don't know the right word for it like that kind of like just classic like show tuney loungy ballad like not just in sound but also kind of in in lyrics the way that um well you have like uh, again, I just love how dramatic it is. Like now we're here and stuck, my dear. No antidote in sight. You know, there's been eighty gazillion songs stuck. I mean, sung about like being, you know, with a girl you don't want to be with or whatever. But, but like this is like specifically like like okay, this sucks so much that it's like I've been poisoned. I can't find an antidote. Like I kind of just I love that kind right. of of <laughs> just way of explaining it. Yeah. Little over dramatic. No, it's yeah. No, it's great. And it's just I love the when he lists off everything like the 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 venom and nightshade and like the 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 rhythm that he takes. It's yeah. almost like he's drawing from probably intentionally from like these well worn like I wouldn't say Jazz cliche, standards. but like or, these. Uh, yeah, he's pulling from these rhythms that like are probably he's not intentionally yeah. pulling f- like aping stuff, but it's just like in his subconscious f- subconsciousness yeah. from records he's heard. I but like I Flans almost imagine it's like Flans is on stage and at that line like <laughs> Venom and someone like throws him a cane and he starts like dancing with the cane. What, there's, like, there's, so like, I felt like I'm like just picturing people, him, like, like people wearing like cardboard cutouts of like different like hemlock <laughs> flowers and stuff. They're just like little kids in like a school play. No. Um, but, but, um, when I listened to this, my first thought was like, well, this whole album, I was like, whoa, like TMBG is really going outside the box with like the kind of different, um, like, like sounds and styles they're experimenting with. But then, and this, like the whole thing really felt like experimental to me, the whole album in a way the other TMBG stuff hasn't like, it really did feel like, like Brooklyn experimental music scene, like in, in a modern day sort of way. Like it just kind of felt like that. Um, but but I was just specifically hearing um, Darwin and Dose first, and first thing that came to mind was like, okay, they're definitely really just trying to to really go for this like um, this kind of like ballad based um, explanation. And again, like another thing that kind of feels show tuny to me about it is the way that it's almost kind of like introducing off off characters, like in a mm-hmm. way like mm-hmm. a villain a villain 
fun song kind of way of like like past people i've 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 come in contact with who met a, a demise you know um and so of course we have like starting out with 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 hamlet um described in a very um a very like theater smart kind of way they sent him off stage right that's just you know your typical right, like right. You, yeah, you, yeah. euphemism <laughs> euphemism for for death um he died yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> which i will say i will say flans has his own has his own way of um pulling off death songs very well i know linnell kind of has the reputation of being the death songs guy but i have to say flans has gotten pretty good at, at the morbid kind of stuff too recently especially with, with i like with death, i like yeah. fun yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 oh yeah god yeah and i like the um i don't know if you'd call it the pre-course or the chorus I don't know if you call the chorus just the darling or what, but when it gets to the make no mistake, yeah. it 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 like slams into like straight eighths and in a feeling of yeah. three. I wouldn't say it changes time signatures, but it is the make no mistake. So it's a cool break because, yeah, you're swinging and then all of a sudden just like jams into this other thing and it doesn't feel awkward, but it changes. the. It yeah. makes it more interesting. That's another thing that really made me like like kind of get this kind of like Broadway feel slash like experimental music scene. Like Broadway meets experimental music scene was just like, the, the, again, this way it's kind of the way it is introducing verses and choruses is not the typical way that we've heard in a lot of like the TMBG like like rock rock songs again like he kind of goes off on a different on a lot of different tangents but in this kind of again like fancy loungy villain song kind of way like i was saying Mm -hmm. so the other uh murdered and attempted murdered people we get yunshenko and rasputin so we go from someone who's (laughs) someone who's actually (laughs) still alive uh and i had to look up the uh i actually don't know i remember hearing about it but you were this happened when the year you were born 2004, he was running for, I think, third president of Ukraine, and someone attempted to poison him. And I had to look up this, um, was it TCD? Yeah, TCDD poisoning, um, which is, I was I was like, I'm going to pronounce this thing. So the chemical compound, okay, here I go, tetra, hold on, tetrachlorodibenazodoxin. <laughs> <laughs> almost, I almost did it. Hold on, one more time. <laughs> and the word is like as long as like like my phone almost has to like bump it to the next line. Tetrachlorobidinazondioxin. I probably still got it wrong, but yeah. But some people inaccurately refer to it just simply as dioxin. Colorless, solid, and no distinguishable odor at room temperature. So it's one of those things that uh, would be easy to slip to someone. They wouldn't smell it or taste it um yeah is it, is mean, it called is it called dioxin because you can kill cows with it dioxin <laughs> i get it you kids and your jokes you're so no <laughs> that was a dad joke right there is what that was <laughs> you're not allowed to do those um dad jokes are the best kind of jokes anyway i mean even long before i was a yeah. dad i was a teacher and that's the best kind of jokes to use please this please all um, just like just like yeah. giants. <laughs> so this thing yeah toxicity in humans in the year 2000 so it was shortly before the guy used it on him the expert group of the world health organization uh basically like we need to watch out for this this compound uh and did like some research on it so then right after that someone was like "Ooh, 
Maybe I'll try this thing on this guy because I don't want him to be president. And apparently it left his face. His face was horribly disfigured, um, but he has since made a recovery. Like it, 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 yeah, okay. it did shit. Like I, I didn't, wow. I don't know. Maybe I should look up a picture. I didn't look up a picture. <laughs> what, maybe not. Maybe not. We don't want to be, like we don't want to turn after. this into like a, uh, a, a, like, like poking fun at, at people's appearance kind of podcast. Not that kind of Oh, thing. not that. I just want, I yeah. mean, he made a yeah, full recovery. It's just, I want to know what this did to him. Like, yeah. And it wasn't permanent, but it was enough to like lay him up for quite a while. He did end up winning that election that oh. someone poisoned him. He made full recovery and was the president. So eat that, whoever you were. Ukraine seems to have a history of pretty tough presidents, I must say. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they caught, I guess I didn't see if they caught the person that attempted the poisoning, but some political rival, obviously. All right. So, okay. And obviously, like Rasputin, um, I know about him from the song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get that out of my head. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's Tau, just such a never, fun name to say too. Yeah, right? yeah. Simway Tao, I, I can never forget um, how Istanbul is not Constantinople, thanks to uh, that song. Uh, I can never. Wait, can hold never on. Do you want to see a picture of it? Do you want to see a yeah. picture of this guy? I can never. I can never forget that Rasputin was the lover of the Russian queen. Okay. Um, no, do you want to see a picture of this Yunshenka? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's here's what he normally looks like. Okay. And then here is after the poisoning. Oh, wow. So it just made him very bumpy and pockmarked and kind of like gray, like his skin was like grayish. I was almost expecting something like like worse almost. I had some like Phantom of the Opera image in mind. So this is is a chemical that's found in that Agent Orange, pretty famously known, like war war crimes level of the poison. Poison, yeah. Okay, he was the pro-European candidate. He was standing against a pro-Russian uh, Yankonovich uh, opponent. So that's where I got the Russia thing in my head. So he's uh, a Ukrainian president and he was going against someone who was yeah, uh, uh, yeah. pro-Russia. Yeah. Yeah. But so he beat them. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like you shouldn't go Rasputin. We have like two, I guess, political figures, you could say. Like in a, in a sense, in Socrates and Hercules, you got kind of like more like like the mythical Greek figures. But well, with Socrates mm-hmm. being real, Hercules being being fake. Obviously, okay. Socrates, I would Socrates. say. Has, We've already yeah. talked about Bill yep, and yep, Ted. Bill and Ted. Yep, yep, yep. Socrates. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. My brother, my brother would be kicking me for, for pronouncing his name correctly. Okay. Um, shout out shout out to Daniel. Daniel Daniel loves movies. Um, as long as they are good movies, he he loves movies. He's quite the movie guy. Um, okay. And he likes quoting movies too, quoting them like into oblivion. Okay, so anyway, um Socrates, I must say, you know, he has like just an absolute like ridiculous kind of kind of kind of deaf you know just like being like you know the whole world's turned against him you know and he's like you know i guess i'm just gonna take this 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 cup of poison you know and he ha- almost kind of has like this like i don't want to say like petty but like very very like melodramatic kind of of way way to go out you know just laying down the couch and drinking the cup like oh there's no hope left for me you know so mm-hmm. um i feel like this is maybe the one person who's whose death kind of goes with the the um, over-the-top tone of this song in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, as, for, as for Hercules, uh, it's been a while since I was obsessing over Greek mythology. I, I, I don't know. What's the story about Hercules getting poisoned? He dipped arrows. Um, 
hold on, where'd it go? I lost my tab. He dipped, uh, yeah, he killed the centaur, uh, Nessus, with arrows dipped in blood of Lernian Hydra, which is poison. And now, well, now I know what I'll post on the Instagram when, uh, <laughs> when I post this episode is this kick-ass <laughs> painting of Hercules. Perfect. Like slaying the centaur in something there. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, wait, I, hold on, I googled. I googled Hercules poisoned, and I have a Wikipedia result that says in Greek mythology. Did I get it wrong? In Greek, no, he didn't get it wrong. But there's more to the story involving Nessus. It looks like Nessus got the last laugh. Um, the shirt of Nessus uh, was the poison shirt that killed Hercules. Um, oh, so, so he got so wait, come you up have Hercules, um, Oh, um, his wife gave him a shirt that was stained with the blood of the centaur Nessus. Oh, oh, so he he uh, got to taste mm. his own medicine, so to speak. Um, yeah. Um, and it's like um, poisoning once removed. It's oh, like secondhand poisoning. She thought that it w- would ensure his marital faithfulness. Uh, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think Hercules is sleeping around on me. Here, honey, I got you a new shirt. <laughs> Kills okay, him. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and interestingly, like, it kind of has like this relational layer to it too. Um, the idea of like, I guess, like dying um, a poison. I guess in in a in an effort of of trying to um, stay in touch with your loved one. You know, so I guess that kind of does again go with the theme of of this song. Um, I I guess of of love and, and poison. So I, I I would have to assume that that Flans was being intentional with that. There at, at least you know like. Mm-hmm. The, poisoned lover because he is singing from the perspective right. of a lover who's been well i guess figuratively poisoned hopefully yeah or he could be that serial killer <laughs> robin watch out <laughs> flan's really into poisons now he's been researching them um i know but like he 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 does mention poison in a lot of his songs i i one of the one of my few things i've actually contributed to tmbw was that I made a whole song themes page for Poison, and I think I had like the monopuff because um, I just was like, they might be dying. So they're kind of talking about Poison a lot. I know I talk about death a lot, but, like specifically like uh, this means of dying. But like, I mean, for monopuff, you know, he had Poison Flowers, the song, mm-hmm. and then um, like, and, um, let me tell you about my operation. He had um, it was Poison Baby. Um, so yeah, he's he's mentioned Poison at least three times in his in his songs. Um, are there Which more? Is on, like, at- for how many songs they have is almost surprisingly low amount of songs to mention poison. <laughs> oh, I also added this quote to the poison page and I thought it was funny. In um, the TMVG um, May 21, 2003 newsletter, John Linnell memorably denounces plastic surgery. I am really fascinated by this Botox thing they're doing in Hollywood, which actually paralyzes your forehead with poison bacteria. <laughs> I just found that <laughs> funny. He had paralyzes in, in all caps. Nice. <laughs> nice. I uh, I'm currently looking up hemlock right now, and oh, nice. apparently it it only takes. Well, okay, so ingesting 150 to 300 milligrams of conine, which is uh, the most poisonous part of the hemlock, the compound in it, uh, it, it would be to be fatal. Approximately six to eight hemlock leaves would be all it would take to kill you. So if you just start munching just on that, just cut it off at five leaves and just for, leave it. <laughs> leave the it for, be. <laughs> the forbidden snack. It's been known to cause drunkenness in cattle. Intoxication has been reported in cattle. Yes, yeah, so I guess uh, mammals that have a bigger body mass. Than Wait, this, I guess that could, goes uh, back to the mass. dye. They could, the dye, the they could just nosh on them. Dioxin yep. dye. Mm. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> See, it's all in the dose, right? If, if, if yeah. Hemlock isn't poison if you only eat five leaves. 
It's just getting you real, real tipsy. <laughs> so I'm just noticing, like, in, in these four people, like, a span of, like, um, from, like, political assassinations to, like, um, pretty much, like, death by lover, you know? And then, like, mm-hmm. also just the whole world being against you in the case of, of Socrates or having a lot of rivals and stuff. So we kind of have all these ideas of, like, opposition that, that Flans is laying out. But then, of course, obviously put through, like, a, a, a twistedly humorous um, lens, um, you know, like, look what happened to all these people. Now look what's happening to me, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love I love mm-hmm. that kind of double structure. Um, I'm just looking at this lyric, shake that rain out of your bad ear. Like, I, I don't know. Again, that's, that's yeah. kind of that, like, kind of, like, slimy, loungy feel that is kind of also in Cloisonne and, and Pet Name. I, I just mm-hmm. love, I love when Flans gets like that. Those are some, that's one of my favorite kinds of, of Flans song. The other one, I think, being, um, when he just kind of gets like all like screaming and on, screaming and on the nose, kind of like it's kicking in, um, authenticity trip kind of stuff. I love those as well. Um, and then I guess you kind of have the um, soft flans, as they say, and, and like how can I sing like uh-huh. a dirt girl where he kind of just has this it's falsetto kind of just mm-hmm. lovable kind. Of, uh, John Flansburg can do anything. I think he can. <laughs> he he's can, he's he's really he's a chameleon. He's really grown to like his uh, his wispy voice recently. I think, you know, and everyone's everyone's voices age, but I I think he's fine. That feels more comfortable. He realized that he days, would not get get stigmatized by the rest of the world for singing like a girl. He finally figured it out. <laughs> yeah, we you know it's it took him thirty plus years into the career, and he's like, okay, they're okay with me singing like and then that. Well, now, well, now he um. You know, I, I feel like it kind of has this general, like, John Lamel kind of nasally tone that is kind of pervasive through everything he does, which I'm not complaining. That has to be one of my favorite, just, like, singing voices ever. It makes me so just warm and comfy inside to always hear. But but I will say, he kind of went from being, like, more nasally to, like, almost kind of mellowing out and kind of, like, um, I've heard some people say they don't they don't like that and they think that his voice like isn't mm. like is like bright or as strong as you see but his, I, I think like he's i feel like gotten into different parts of his like like register now like i i mean mm-hmm. sometimes we have songs like the um the idaho state song or like replicant where he's like um kind of just taking in this very like lowest register you know which is very different than the typical like john Lennell nasally you know and, and then but but then recently i guess he's kind of taken like his typical like I guess John Linnell voice into like a more like mellow kind of place. I I, I can def- I mean, or at least I definitely feel like I can I can see that in a lot of stuff, especially on like I like fun and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely hear his voice change. I think it's mostly just age thing. I don't know if it's a yeah. conscious effort to like change yeah. his tone. Yeah, just I yeah. mean, your voice changes as you go, especially when you're yeah. singing as much as these guys do. Mm-hmm. Like it takes oh, a man. toll on you. Yeah. yeah, and they're still in such good shape. It's just amazing. I mean, Linnell is still hitting high notes in full voice. Oh, yeah. Like if you oh, sing, yeah. Oh, yeah. like after covering "I Broke My Own Rule," I'm like, this oh, song's got some range. I mean, we're talking like nearly two octaves. I don't like to sing along with a lot of TMBG songs just because it takes some pipes to sing them. Like, they, like does, Tom and Dumb, yeah. they got some pipes on them, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one though is more on the chill side, and not that it's easy to sing, but like it's kind of taking it easy, you know. Yeah. I yeah. really wish we had a live version of this to play. And yeah, you know, I can't wait to hear. W- it. What do you think? Are they going to be playing this one live? Because there is so, so much competition for the set 
you know, them making this yeah. set list here because it's supposed to be the flood tour, but it's yeah. also then they also canceled the Mink Car leg of the Mink Car tour. They did, and oh, then, no. well, I'm saying those shows got bumped. Oh. So like, like asterisk featuring Mink Car, like those are supposed to be in there, yeah. songs featuring songs from Mink Car, and now it's also the Apollo anniversary, like. They've released so many albums that like these anniversaries are piling up now that the tours got pushed. So like, uh, so then what's gonna what's gonna be done here? Brontosaurus is definitely gonna be performed live. Like Brontosaurus, kind oh, of has most like definitely hit single, but like Brontosaurus isn't even my favorite um, on, on book. Uh, you know, I think my I'm a big John Leno kind of girl, but I think my favorite songs on book were definitely like the fans ones. Like I think my uh, absolute favorite was was I Lost Thursday. Like I, I think I Lost Thursday is like one of the most like just. Scratched my itch in my head more than any other TMBG song recently has. Um, that, that, That's that the one I skipped last singles. time I listened to the album. <laughs> okay, well, to each their own. I think subjective. Artists. I don't know if it's. Oh, totally. Well, I don't. I don't know if you listened to that episode, but I mean, obviously, Patrick Crowling that picked it, like he he loved it, and I don't I don't hate it, but I think a lot of it was just that it was put out into the world as like this one-off song. Yeah. Just like a kind of a thing to raise money. You know, they were selling yeah. it to raise money yeah. for the non-Johns. And yeah. <laughs> then they're like, oh, also we're putting out an album. You already heard the first single. I'm like, yeah, that one. But I'm, that's like, I've heard that one a bunch of times already. I yeah, want something I think, fresh. Um, I think Lord Snowden and Darling Dose um, are definitely up there, too. It's like some of my favorite songs on the album. Again, I just like seeing fans like kind of, okay, I'm just going to say this. What most exciting me about book is just proof of how like mature I feel like Flansburg's songwriting has been has been getting. Like, of course, he has If Day, which is very um, political, but then he has like broken relationship songs, and then obviously this, which is a drug song. He's just touching so many bases, um, so many ideas, and each of them comes with this unique genre experimentation. And so that's why I, I feel like I'm most excited about Flansburg's um, songs in the album. Oh, I forgot to add, I Lost Thursday. You know, also fits the bill of mature themes, and that it's kind of like an existential kind of like where is my life going kind of song. Um, but like I just feel like Flans was able to touch so many bases with book, which is what really um, kind of especially excited me about it. And he really has gone down, I feel, a more like existential route recently. I would say maybe starting kind of mm-hmm. nanobots-ish was where he was almost kind of... I mean, Flans has always had some songs that are pretty like eerie or, or threatening. But again, I feel like he's traditionally tended more towards the like... I don't want to say like party songs, but kind of like the kind of like rock and roll stuff more than more than Linnell has. But then I feel like recently he's kind of transitioned more into like a lot of like navel gazing existential kind of stuff more um, more than he has in the past. It's definitely curious to it's interesting to hear the perspective of someone looking at their entire discography yeah, who didn't, who consuming didn't it within yeah. a year. Whereas like they were already yeah. going when I was a kid. I mean, they started yeah. when I was one. I wasn't, didn't really know about them until I was nine and really get into them until I was 12. But like, I've seen them mature and like I came yeah. into them. The first album I heard was a duo era and then immediately they were into the full band era. Yeah, but like amazing. seeing them kind of grow and stuff slowly. I wish I could just witness I mean, that it's, it's like, it's like with kids, like, when someone else's kid, like we moved from Bloomington like seven years ago and I'll see a picture of like some kid that I knew then like a friend's kid. And then like, I'll see them post a picture. I'm like, Oh my God, how are they six feet tall now? And it's like, well, you know, that happens, you know, but yeah. it seemed like all of a sudden, but like, you know, seeing like yeah. Zinnia and, and Ramona, like Zinnia, especially being three and a half, seeing her grow up, like you go, you Facebook memories will remind me of like what she looked like a year ago. Like, oh my God, I can't believe like, and, like she's very slowly growing in front of our eyes. You know, we don't see it from day to day. 
but like, yeah. but you're like you're like just being able to go and just plow through yeah, the entire thing. Be like, look at this progression. It's happening. It's happening. Where it's like for me, it's, it's a very slowly happening like, thing. I'm like, like, I'm like, oh yeah, join us is where they started doing this thing. And like, well, I, oh, I yeah, sure. <laughs> I know it's the internet age is, you know it means that you can like have access to just all this music at once you know I can have I mean I can hear the power of dial song bootlegs you know and like all these like rarities yeah. and stuff you know about having to like you know go to some like music convention or something be like hey you want to trade some TMBG tapes you know I can just get them immediately online but then I, I, know, I, I do very much realize that I am very much missing out on just the joy of having grown up you know just obsessing over an album for like two years and then whoa they have a new one and they've done like so much d- differently now like I-, I i am very aware of the fact that i'll never really know truly truly that feeling but then it I- i'm very thankful too to have grown up in the internet age all the albums from now on will be yeah. like that for you so you know and they definitely got like another like 20 more albums right yeah, right yeah, they're gonna totally. live forever yeah, yeah. No one will poison them. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why would Robin make him wear that shirt that the centaur had on him killed? Uh, the, the centaur, the centaur shirt. This doesn't fit really well. Well, it was worn by a half human, half. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, I guess the segue I was trying to make is that we don't have any live versions to play. Who knows yeah, if this one yeah. get played? It's hard to say as like a short mm-hmm. little chill song. Maybe it would fit somewhere in a set, but it wasn't yeah. like one of the singles they released. It's the ninth track yeah. on the album, but they're known to do deep cuts. So who knows? Maybe if not on this tour, maybe next I mean, time around. I feel like Linnell would be very excited about the um, keyboard part in this. Like it feels like the kind of thing that would translate well to a live um, performance. Oh yeah. Like, it's very they, keyboard they, based. They could do like, it, they could do it yeah. after doing like a crazy pumped up song or even like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sure. I was going to say like, quiet storm but i i don't know like uh um i'm just very interested like again like you were saying like they missed out on like all these you know opportunities to like sync up some sets that go with a that go immediately after the release like i'm just so curious as to i I mean the past like you know like with like previously they've done like okay if they were doing like fun shows, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you can do stopped. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they, like when they were doing like a fun show, like say after Nanobots came out, you know, they'd be, um, they'd be like working like Nanobot songs like into the into the fun thing. So I assume that they're going to be doing that. And in, in this case, like with like a main focus, like uh, our non-fun songs in the fun show are going to be book. It's the direction that I'm just going to guess that they're going to be taking. There is a question too, like, are they going to take advantage of the Apollo 18 anniversary? We're going to hear like, God, I hope you know. so. That's the full album that I want to hear. <laughs> Me too. That's my favorite TMBG album is Apollo 18. Um, yeah, and, it's the uh, best one. It is. I mean, Flood. I think it's just over listening to it. And I mean, again, I've known Flood for a long time, and I'm not. <laughs> I hate to say that I'm sick of it, but it's not the album I go back to very often Apollo because 18. I've heard it so Apollo much. Apollo 18 is like the proof that like they might be giants like they kind of just go down these like like 
really topical, like bizarre kind of kind of songs. And they and they but then they kind of just keep it like classy and they keep it like like weirdly relevant to human nature anyway. Even when it's like so things like a room full of disembodied heads, you know, we still keep it classy, you know, and then oh, but yeah. just there's just something that awakens this childish wonder in me about just hearing them sing about constellations and listing off different animal species and different different foods, <laughs> but not at all in a childish comedy music kind of way, but in a truly artful sort of way. A thing that they did themselves without the help of Elvis Costello, who so desperately wanted to help them. No, we produced this ourselves, and it's our own wacky brains. And and man, oh man, I, I Palindrome I is just a song I can just listen to on repeat hundreds of times. Um, I well, that's I, why I, do, I did that it as like, like episode twelve. Like it was yeah, very early yeah. on in the podcast. It's one of my favorites as well. I mean, I could have done the whole Apollo eighteen thing just like right, right away, but. <laughs> And again, that album's been with me just as long as Flood, because that's when I got into them. But Polyteen never got never got sick of it. And Flood, I don't know. You even have like Narrow Your Eyes worked in, which Narrow Your Eyes, like a very conventional kind of breakup song related to the rest of the songs in the album. But then like um but like it just somehow fits, you know. I feel like that whole album is just a really well realized example of TMBG's tonal shifts, you know. Um it just really, it just really works like that. It really does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so back to the, yeah, yeah. I think the there's segment. no, there's no live versions to play. So we are on to the covers section, which only contains one cover, and we would have zero covers if it wasn't for you guessed it, Noah Daniel. So let's listen to his cover in full. Woo. Got it bad to send him off stage right. Now we're here and stuck, my dear. No antidote inside. Let a man nightshade and streak lights down in sun. Antifreeze and highs of these, or just that gallon of rum. Take, I still need you the most. Promise the power to bind us too close. The dose is the poison we've had more than most. was a that was an absolutely lovely cover um definitely went a very know, different direction right? with this with the just um acoustic kind of like, like um indie singer gazing into space kind of approach um, um well, what i told him when he met when he sent it to me back in march i'm like you made darling sound like a beatles white album track and he said <laughs> yeah, oh totally. yeah i could hear the hunt i you know could what? hear the wild he honey really pie part yeah. he really brought out like the core of this song like the fact that it kind of there really is something that really makes it kind of kind of classic like it really kind of has a, a melody it just builds up so nicely um I, I interestingly i liked how he was kind of varying it a little bit during the um breakdown part like instead of like mm-hmm. 
it's fans kind of went more downhill like the dose is the voice in the Luigi the most but then but then um no it was like Luigi the most like he kind of like shifted it up and so down which was interesting he takes lots of liberties with his covers which is what I like like he'll he'll change keys and well all, here he had like a real like, like spring that. spring noise sound effects in the middle of that what was going on there like junk drawer yeah yeah real great but real i great like laugh. how it started so simple it's like oh it's just him with a guitar and then yeah. you hear these harmonies come in and especially on headphones he's got them panned nicely yeah. the vocal like, harmonies yeah kind of had like a da 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 backup singer kind of the, thing the the second time it gets to the 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 like the three feeling part he's got that little uh guitar lead going down and stuff like that so it's a very very tastefully layered uh, covers. He brought out the more wistful side of it too. You know, obviously, fans, as we said before, is going for the kind of lounge singer, Bill and Lady lying on piano, whatever uh, kind of sassy. But then, but then, like again, Noah is kind of bringing out this core at the middle of it, which I appreciate. Um, yeah, and I liked, it's more I liked, sweet, um, less sassy. Yeah, in the antifreeze and hives of, of bees kind of uh, part, he was really kind of emphasizing, I guess, the whimsicality of those lyrics and was kind of um, showing how um, the lyrics are incorporating. A, a list just um the way that kind of works um to poetically um back it up and yeah i really felt like you brought that out so yeah good job noah thanks again noah and we have compiled that and 30 other covers on this might book a podcast one more charity push for my student garrett who has two months of chemo treatments left and then checkups and whatnot. He is close to being out of the woods after a full year. So go to this might be a podcast.bandcamp.com. Find this might book a podcast and buy that to donate. And it is the time of the show that you've been waiting for, Lydia. It's time for you to score this song. Oh boy. I know, right? Oof. Well, listen to 900 They Might Be Giant songs in the past year. Where does this fall within them? <laughs> Well, I just say that I, I I like this song even more than I did before after really after really thinking um, about mm-hmm. it. Um, um, I, I forgot to add I I really like um, the kind of way that he kind of just goes off on these like little mini tangents, like or just the a gallon of 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 rum. Like it's just um, the right amount of like small little 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 flourishes. Um, but anyway. Um, I'm going to give this I definitely higher than, than seven, but I don't think it's like flat out flat out nine. Um, yeah, it's not I'm like Flansbury's greatest hits. No, but like it's not it's not Clown Town either. <laughs> um, <Sure> well, <laughs> that didn't even make an album. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give someone somewhere between like seven point five and eight. Do you allow like in between decimals like seven point seven? Yeah, seven point seven seven. Yeah, yeah. Decimals, decimals are allowed. Whatever you want. Yeah, the guest, I think I'm gonna give guest choice. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven point eight. All right, cool. I think. Well, I was just looking at my other book scores specifically, and I, I decided. I think by the end of recording if day for Winnipeg, by re- end of recording that episode, I'm like, you know what? This is. The best flame song on the album. So, in my opinion, if Dave Winnipeg totally. is the tops, I gave that. I, I gave that a nine. Uh huh. And I think I like this a little better than I lost Thursday. I gave a six point three. I think I'm going. I'm gonna go six point six on this one. This one, it, it may okay. still be a grower. I'm giving it a yeah. chance to it, grow. It's not. I mean, I know I was speaking. Um, 
I'm talking about it as if it's like the best fan song ever. It's it's not. I mean, it has it has some stuff that like really stands out, like the poetry of it. But there's it, yeah. does, it doesn't mm-hmm. really bear it doesn't really yeah. bear like obsessive repeat listens. You know, it doesn't hook me in the way like say Coison A did. It, it kind of it is very oddball. It is very like it does kind of feel a, pretty atypical for for they might be giants. It's, and they've done eight gazillion like. Um, messed up relationship songs. I wouldn't say this is the best out of them, but it feels like Flans was trying for something. You know, he was trying for that lounge feel. He was trying for that. I'm going to whisk off mm-hmm. different ingredients kind of thing. And it and for and he does kind of pull off the like relationship framed within an abstract idea team BG structure. So he so he so he uh he went for something. He tried it out, and I'd say it went it went pretty it went pretty great. Um, yeah, I think as far as uh, genre experiment, I think he he nailed it. It's just it's yeah, one of those where like you know he wasn't trying like, to write like the banger. It's like this serves a very specific role on the album. Like it's an yeah. important part of an album to have somewhere you can not, chill not filler, it out a little filler, bit. Not a filler song either. Like just a nice no I mean, no no no. What, no. Song, what song comes before it? Um, uh, what song comes before "Darn a Dose"? Drown the clown. Uh, drown the clown. Right? Again, yeah. it's a very again, very it's big like, change in feel. Yeah, you got kind of like this, like Linnell pop one, and then kind of had just more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we done a bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. not not really the kind of one to like warrant like repeat listenings. It's not reinventing the song, but it is you know again, I I like hearing Flans kind of go Broadway. It kind of goes with that really <laughs> yeah, pin up yeah. pin up need I have inside to to hear the Johns voice characters in an animated movie musical. I'm still, I'm forever ticked off about, about Coraline that I didn't get the full deal with that. Know, <laughs> Just kidding. Right? You know what? So, but yeah. No, yeah. Coraline's you know, you can't win them all. Yeah. yeah. Know, but I mean, but, I, so. there is, I, I want to see John and John in an animated musical, like voicing like the really awesome, like side, like <laughs> w- w- for the protagonist, like, like the the wizard characters that the protagonist interacts with that are like, hey, we're gonna show you how to make a secret potion, and here's our traumatic backstory about how we learned to make it. Like that, that's just that's like that's what I see. I the know for how much the music they've made for shows, yeah, and too, theme songs wait, for cartoons. I have to tell you, how have they I not been out, in a cartoon? I, what? I recently, <laughs> Gravity Falls. Listen to this. I one of my online TMBG friends. He's a, a massive Gravity Falls fan. And he was watching um, like a Gravity Falls making of documentary. And there's a shot where Alex Hirsch, you know, creator of the show, kind of walks out with with these like lists of like scrapped Gravity Falls plot lines um, that, that he's holding. And this, I mean, my online friend, he zoomed in and looked at the plot lines. And I kid you not, one of them was <laughs> they might be giants, voice actual giants. So <laughs> I'm not kidding. It seems like John and John almost were in Gravity Falls, like almost, and that's just fascinating for me to to, to think about. Like, I I do hope that they get someday that like that animated representation that just I know. does them better and than the, that awful <laughs> Higley Town Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they need the biopic. Yeah. But so we're to the plugs portion of this show. People should go to chimes chimesnewspaper.com and look up Lydia's review sure, of if book. You, if if you, you want. Yeah. Do you have anything else to plug? Um You're just getting really. started. Your musical oh, career has will yeah. be off the ground shortly. Maybe so oh I have I, I want to show you my very appropriate drinking. Um I have um Flansy in a soda can, as you can see. I Flansy <laughs> in a can. Yep, very nice. Yeah, and and Flans drinks only soda. Don't really have much to plug other than I hope that the Johns 
get proper representation in an animated media of some sort someday. I can see why they probably hold off hold off on it because they're all about like presenting themselves, you know, properly and not getting too many like embarrassing representations in media. But yeah, here's hoping I to the point that one day. So, <laughs> so she's plugging the Johns on the Map Giants podcast. They need that that bump, you know, that bump from my podcast. <laughs> You can find This Might Be a Podcast all over the place. You know, I found a cool Hercules picture to post on uh, the Instagram for This Might Be a Podcast, which is the name with underscores under everything. I don't know. We're pretty easy to find. ThisMightBeAPodcast.com. Leave me voicemails at 224-801-2930. You can mail me arsenic and other poisons to six just kidding i won't tell you my address though there are people that know it and could probably tell you don't no don't poison me but send me uh emails this might be a pod at gmail.com lydia thanks for being on you i mean you are welcome you did great on your your first time yeah you to have to have a little safe place to talk about the weird music I like with people who are just as weird as me, you know? My, my rest of my family is like, Lydia, why do you like the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse guys so much? And I'm like, no. <laughs> They're not the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse guys. They just did that for a quick buck. No. <laughs> yeah, it feels good to be on the same brainwave as someone, you know? Yeah. Just me being like, ah, oh, Apollo 18 is my favorite TMBG album. And you're like, me too, you know? Correct. That's yeah. Very, just, it's good to have those kinds of shared brain cell moments. That's what I'm going to put. Definitely. Shared, shared brain cell moments. Everybody... Go out go. And, and try to find somebody who's on the same brainwave as you. It can be hard, but just believe in it. You know, you can. Yeah. You, there are people out there who can understand you and who do not want to poison you and force you to wear a really weird shirt that didn't totally didn't come from a sitar. <laughs> so yeah, poison shirts. Yes. Hearts are unbroken and in the right place. Times in reverse till you fall out of step. The dose is the poison in this pillowcase. Darling